Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Man, I'm excited to be here with you today. I hope that I have a very compelling show for you. A day in the new America, as it were. You know, I love it when you guys chime in in the YouTube chat room and tell me where you're watching from. So excited to see this liberty message flowing all across America. I can't even imagine a, a more blessed person than I am right now. Just to got, have you guys here today. I want us to keep a good spirit about uh, within ourselves, a spirit of victory because we know how uh, liberty is always defended throughout history. If you don't know that, then you need to become a student at libertyfirstuniversity.com where we teach this as a rule. Uh, this is the rule throughout history that liberty is always the victor and those who stand are happy to, uh, to see that victory. You know, we have to, as I teach in, at Liberty First University, you have to have a different idea of what exactly victory means. Uh, victory is in liberty is something that's eternally judged, quite often judged by the future more than the present. Our founders who fought for America did so because they knew that they were fighting for ages and millions yet unborn. That's something they said over and over again. Ages and millions yet unborn. So just because you don't feel like you see a victory today, just because you don't feel like you're, you're making progress, let me tell you, you are making progress. And I've seen that progress. Donna says she's a newbie to the broadcast. So welcome, newbie to the broadcast. You will find that we have the most amazing YouTube chat people on the planet. And uh, <laughs> Glenn says, is there a vaccine for tyranny? Yeah, it's called education. That's the vaccine for tyranny, education. That's why Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. So the vaccination for tyranny is always education. You know, J Thomas Jefferson also said that if a people wish to be ignorant and free in society, they wish for what never was and never will be. And so that's why what we do here is so important because we are the more peaceful measure. We are the solution without the, without the, the military battle. And that's the beautiful thing they gave us, our founders gave us in a constitutional republic. We're not a kingdom. So you don't have to start uh, chopping off heads. We have so many peaceful powerful means and we don't use them i think because we've been dumbed into an ignorance thank you val for always telling me uh, for always encouraging us and val is man i'm gonna tell you what val is an awesome awesome uh liberty first member she is 
she even overnighted us from Colorado, I think, bread. Yep, there she says, Val in Colorado. She made homemade bread for us. I just think that's awesome. I'm so excited. I actually had to go buy an actual bread knife so we could properly enjoy our bread. It's been a very long time since I've made homemade bread. Maybe now that we're on lockdown and I'm on house arrest, we'll actually have the opportunity to do that. Don't forget when you come in to hit the thumbs up. And if you're new here, don't forget to hit the red subscribe button so you'll always get our notices when we go live. We try to go live Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes we give or take a few minutes. Sometimes we're a little late. So when you get the message, you get the, if you're subscribed to us, you're supposed to be getting the notices. So I just want to share with you some of the things that have come through my day today. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how long our show will be today, but I want to share with you some reality. And that's why I sort of preface this whole show with, hey, don't lose hope. Okay, I'm probably the most optimistic person because I know history. I know that uh, throughout history, liberty always wins. I mean, it's a, Jefferson talked about it in the Declaration of Independence, like uh, about self-evident truths. And when you study history as much as I have, you go back as far as I've had, and you follow specifically the train of government, you see that government and liberty and tyranny go like this all throughout government. And without, without failure, when the liberty is down here, there's always an up here. The problem is, is that because of the human nature, we, can't, we, we, we have a really hard time staying up here. So what we have to do is start educating our generations uh, to who we are and what we need, uh, what our future needs to look like. At. Now, I wanted to share with you uh, something this morning. I, I don't want to, should I start off? Yeah, I should start off with this. This is what we'll start off with, okay? So I wanted to share with you something that was laid on my heart at about 3 o'clock this morning. Um, I got a, I have been keeping my phone on because I'm getting messages from pastors all over the country. And if you have a pastor who's in distress and it's, they're in Hawaii or Washington, you know, your, your, your clock's a little bit off when you're on the Eastern time. So I've been working really hard over these uh, last two weeks or so to make myself as available, as helpful as I can to our pastors across the country. And I got a, a message at three or so this morning, well, it was about 2.30, and it really sort of laid heavy on my heart. That was stacked on top of a video that a pastor friend of, my of mine, uh, whose name is Eric Hansen, sent to me from uh, Tucker Carlson show. We're gonna be looking at the Tucker Carlson video today. Tucker Carlson had a constitutional attorney on with him and it just <sighs> made my head explode. This is what's wrong with America, uh, American legal education, and this stuff just makes my blood boil. And what's amazing is you can see at the end of the interview, which is really brief, 
Tucker Carlson has this look on his face like he's really unsettled about what this young lady has just told him. Like it doesn't feel right in his spirit. And so I tweeted it to, to Tucker Carlson and I said, look, I, I saw your face after that interview. I could tell that what she said didn't feel right to you. There's a reason for that. It's not right. Please consult with someone who actually understands the Constitution and someone who has not been uh, manipulated by the error in the quote-unquote vetted textbook. So I'm going to share that video with you. I feel like sharing the wealth, you know, if my head's going to explode, you should too. Why not? What the heck? But I wanted to share with you what I wrote. Uh, not all of you are on Facebook. Not all of you are on Instagram. And for good reason, a lot of you aren't on these social media platforms, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be there if it weren't for you guys. I, I'm not sure where I would be if it weren't for you guys. <laughs> but here are this. Let me just share this with you. It's 3.12 a.m. for me. And the reports from pastors across America keep coming in regarding how churches are being threatened if they conduct even drive-in and outdoor services for this Easter holiday. Most stay-at-home orders encourage outdoor activities as long as social distancing takes place. All stay-at-home orders allow for drive-through restaurants, walk-in stores to stay open 13 hours a day, seven days a week. Every one of these, quote, permitted activities require more personal interaction and prolonged personal association than a drive-in church service. I cannot fathom how anyone cannot see this is a direct attack upon the church and the body of Christ. What has happened to America? I know why those in power attack the church. It's been that way for centuries. But how can the people of God have become so terribly deceived? Throughout the ages, those in power have always tried to create an unholy marriage of government and the body of Christ because of the power we possess in the Holy Spirit. But when a truly independent body resists that unnatural union, the church has always been the greatest threat to tyrannical government authority. An educated and, and united body of Christ cannot be enslaved and will fight boldly and defiantly to free their neighbors from the bondage of an over-dominating government. America is hated by those who love and crave power, not because of our wealth, but because of our liberty. You see, wealth can be controlled and manipulated. Liberty, however, is the sword that cuts down the power-mad and control-driven tyrant. Liberty says, this right is mine. I didn't give it to you, or I'm sorry, you didn't give it to me, and I won't let you take it. To someone who truly understands liberty, it is more precious than gold, more dear than the air we breathe. It's the only thing that separates us from the slave in the field or the prisoner in a cage. Religious liberty is the most dear as it embodies the most precious property any person owns, the ability to live according to your conscience. America is the last standing bulwark to global domination and control of every detail of our lives. However, I'm watching her people fall through deception and fear. 
If I didn't actually know how and why we became so ignorant, this would be unbearable. I've been teaching and warning of the coming of this day for 10 years. I do not feel vindicated. No, I feel a deep, penetrating sadness for our posterity. My heart is breaking at 3.36 a.m. and I cannot stop weeping for my once great America. I will forever remain free in Christ and I will always live liberty first. Now this, just on Facebook alone, has been shared almost a thousand times. And I received this amazing letter from, well, those of you who are longtime listeners, right? You remember um, Elizabeth, my intern Elizabeth from Idaho. And she was, she was back with us not too long ago. Well, her little sister, who's 19 years old, sent me an amazing letter. And I want to share with you that letter today. I got to try to make sure I've got the, the right one. Here it is. So Elizabeth contacts me and says that her sister, Amy, read my post that I just read to you and sat down and penned this story, if you will, a story of science fiction, who knows, future story about the future of America. It doesn't have to be. But I want to share this with you because this is encouragement to me. Not because of the nature of the story, but because I'm seeing a 19-year-old young woman who has sat under my teaching for uh, seven years. This is the future of America. Don't tell me we are not making a difference. Don't tell me we're not changing hearts and minds and souls. When you hear this, I hope that you are as moved as I am because you need to know we're raising up a generation of people who will not tolerate what you see Americans tolerating today. Oops, wrong one. There we go. So Amy writes, it's 4th of July. We have banners hanging, fireworks set to go off, hot dogs and burgers roasting on the fire, and corn and salad ready. Friends will be coming over. The banners we have flying are inside our house. We can't hang them outside, but they still look pretty. <laughs> I'm sorry. The burgers and hot dogs are being roasted inside the oven because we can't have an outdoor fire. The police will be here too, but they shouldn't keep us from celebrating. We get to sing a song with our friends while they sit in their cars. It's a new one. The government wrote it for us. We can't sing any of the old ones. We were going to read the Constitution or the opening lines of it like we do every year, but we can't. Not if the police are present. 
Maybe when they leave, we can try and sneak it in there. It's so nice to be able to celebrate our freedom. Everyone arrives. We wave at them from our front door. The police get out and are standing between the cars. They're nice men. They offer to help us with the fireworks. We can't tell them no. They say we can only, I'm sorry. They say we can only set off four of them because of the toxins they release in the air. The same reason we can't have an outdoor fire. They say it's for our safety that they are there. I believe them. It's nice to have the government looking out for us. We only have a few hot dogs and burgers because that's the only amount we are allowed to buy at the store this week. We don't have any buns because the manager at the store said the government stopped allowing breads to be sold. We tried to make our own, but we were found out and we got punished. The police came and destroyed our garden, but they gave us money to buy food. I'm glad we have the freedom to buy food with their money. Our friends are not allowed to get out of their cars, but we say hi to them from our door. One of them tries to read out of the Bible something about our freedom in Christ. The police officer smashes the window of the car and they're taken away. At least I have memorized some of the Bible so I can think about it in my head. They should have known better. We're not afraid of the government. We just know they want what's best for us to keep us safe. It's 2021 and I'm glad we live in such free times. History repeats itself, and it is the year 2020. I think of the Israelites. They begged God for a king. They, God gave them a ruler. They became slaves in Egypt. It was nice there. They had food to eat. They had places to live. They had, had work, but at least they, they had to work, but at least they had work. Others didn't. They could get married, have kids, laugh and smile but they were slaves, but they celebrated the freedom they had. And yet, because they were slaves, they were told to do what was against God's law. They were commanded to build idols and worship gods that were false. They had a king, but now they had a great separation from God. Because they were in bondage to a king who was against God, even when a deliverer came, they got mad at him. They said it was better before he came. Before freedom comes, it will get harder than it is now. But through one man's obedience, a nation was freed. They didn't think life was so bad. They didn't see their need for freedom. They cried out because of pain, but didn't want to pay what freedom cost. So they stayed a slave. God has given us freedom, freedom to worship him. He has given us free will to choose him or not to. Evil will fight until death to rule the children of God. Will the children of God fight until death to be ruled by their true king? You might think it's a sin to fight. You might go against the rules rulers set in place. You might think it's a sin to fight to go against the rulers set in place.
but I think it's a sin to stand by and allow evil to bring you into bondage under itself. Even if we stand by and let the evil live among us, then we are becoming the evil itself. I now, I think of Noah now. The world seems so similar to those times when he lived on the earth. Sin runs rampant. Evil has soaked its ugly fingers into the dirt we live on and has begun to devour anything in sight. Why does God not stop it? How can we fight for what is true when others just stand by and watch? I think of Esther now. A whole nation was going to be killed. Esther was called because of her heart. I think of myself. I think how little I am. How can I do nothing? How I feel as if the world would become corrupt and evil as I sit here and fight a losing battle. And then I think again, Moses, one man with a pure, righteous, godly heart, led a nation to freedom. Whether that nation knew they needed that freedom or not, he obeyed God and God changed the world through that one man. Noah, a man with a pure, righteous, godly heart, led his family and the rest of the world to freedom from sin in the old world, whether they knew they needed it or not. He obeyed God and God changed the world through one man. Esther, one woman with a pure and righteous godly heart, saved a whole nation and led them from, to freedom from death. Whether they knew of her or not, she obeyed God and God changed the world through one woman. God is not looking for bloodthirsty men and women. He is looking for righteousness. His eyes roam through the world for those who are committed to him. Righteousness, purity, godliness, a heart that will obey his commands as soon as they exit his mouth. He is looking for the righteous you. History repeats itself. Are you going to be the one? The one who stands alone honoring God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation? Are you going to be the one who obeys God in the quiet of the morning or in the battlefield of freedom? Will you be the next one? Though none go with me, still I will follow. So I thought that that was very important to share with you the heart of a young lady who loves her country at 19 years old, loves her God, loves liberty, not just for herself, but for the entire world and for future generations. That is who we need to be. That's what I mean when I say stop waiting around for the, for the reincarnation of our founders. We need to step up and be them. John Adams said, our constitution is for a moral and religious people alone. It is wholly unfit for any other. You see, we must be self-governing we must have righteous motivations because it is a righteous cause. So this is 
what we need to do. We need to come together <clears throat> because this is the America that we're living in today. This is the direction that we're going. And how many of you out there are so, so blessed at hearing these words come from a 19-year-old young lady who has been taught the truth. Her parents homeschooled her. The whole family are such beautiful people. I love them so much. And then to hear Amy write these words because she knows what's right and true in her heart and she knows that there's a just cause and she knows that history that I've been telling you about that up and down of liberty and it just takes one James Otis Jr. was the one for us 1760 February of 1760 James Otis Jr. by himself took a stand by himself took a stand. His stand so powerful, so great, that our founders, the people, the men and women who fought to make us free, called him the midwife to liberty. Excuse me, but I'm just, I told you it was, I, I'm just overcome by the hope that I see here. I wanna pause for just a second and simply say thank you to Donovan for your uh, support, your super chat support. He says, you're a shining light in the dark, Chrisanne, keep shining. I wanna thank um, Flying Rich for his support of this broadcast today. Thank you guys for everybody supporting you. And I just, <laughs> Granny says, we're crying with you. I don't mean to do this, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to evoke any emotion from you, but I think that this letter was worthy of that. What an amazing piece of inspiration from a young lady. And I wanted to give you that inspiration because I wanna show you some things that are happening, some things that are going on in America today. Let me show you a video, a short video, less than two minutes from a pastor who tried to go and meet with a woman on her deathbed today. One of our members' mother has been in the hospital for a couple months. It's not from COVID-19, and they decided to pull the plug today, and she's going to go and be with Jesus. And the hospital has not even let her in to see her mom over this period of time, except one day, which was this last Sunday. And uh, we thought it was all approved that I could come in and do last rites. So I came here with my mask and Bible ready to pray over her mom because they're pulling the plug today. But you know, I get here and they're not allowing me in. They're not allowing anybody in. So I just want to say how terrible this is. We have people dying. And once again, this is not from COVID-19. From what I understand, there's not one case of COVID-19 in this hospital. But I couldn't even go in as a pastor to pray over a River member's mom that is about to transition over. I can't help but to think how many people are going through terrible times like this with friends and relatives in the hospital, whether from COVID-19 or many other things. Most of the hospitals that I'm talking to and the people I'm seeing, there's very few COVID-19 cases in them at all. But here I am ready to pray and go in and pray over her mom and anoint her and commit the body to, to the grave as she passes over. And I can't even do that. So I just wanna say this is an outrage. I mean, pastors, 
Ministers are locked out of hospitals. We can't even pray for people anymore in the hospitals. Family members are going through hell. And anyways, I just wanted to tell you what's happening right here in Tampa, Florida. In any ways, we're praying for her. We know her mom is going to be dancing on streets of gold and she's going to be saying, don't cry for me because she's a believer. But still, it's really, really tough on the family. So anyways, Eric signing off from Tampa, Florida. You see, how do you even have words for something like that? How do you even, how are you even able to sum up in your mind that you just heard from a pastor in Tampa, Florida, not in Yugoslavia, not in Cuba, not in, in, in Russia. You just heard from a pastor in Tampa, Florida. Not a single case of COVID in the hospital. He was ready to be all geared up. The lady is about to die. What is he going to give her? He can't spread COVID to her. If they're worried about him spreading COVID throughout the hospital, then test, take his temperature. Put him in a hazmat gear. Do what you need to do. But this is not right, people. This is not right. This is the soft step to outlawing religion in America. This is how you do that. Without creating a law, you make the activity so unavailable. What, you can't even do it. If this were a piece of property, this would be called a taking. If this were a piece of land and the government was interfering with the quiet enjoyment of that land to such an extent that you could not enjoy that land, then guess what? The government would be required to give you compensation for that land. It would be qualified as a, an eminent domain taking. They are taking our rights. And people are just like, well, you know, it's necessary. And you're right, Caitlin, not all atheists are for this evil. You don't have to be a believer in God to, to want to be free. We've said that so many times on this show. I want everyone to come to Christ. I want to see everyone on the other side. I want to know that everybody has the peace of Jesus that I feel and have. The power of the Holy Spirit that surges through my body, that heals my body, that strengthens my body, that takes care of my family, that takes care of my marriage, that governs my children. I want to know everybody has that. But I'm not going to use a sword to force that on you. And the government shouldn't use a sword to take it from me either. And I know there are lots of non-believers out there who appreciate liberty, who know they're not born slaves. Slavery is wicked and slavery is evil. And no man has a right to own another man, but we don't look at slavery right anymore. 
perhaps historically speaking, we look at, at, at slavery as somebody who works on the farm and is beaten physically and lives in chains and squalor. But slavery has many forms. Mental slavery. Psychological slavery. Just ask the battered spouse who, who lives in an emotional slavery. And here we are today. Pastors can't pray with people as they leave this earth. You know, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that should strike people in the face right now, you better know where you're going when you leave this place. If you do not have a sureness and a confidence in your heart that you know where you're going when you leave this earth, I'm going to tell you, you can know that. You can know that. You can have assurance and peace about your eternal salvation. Because the government's not going to give you a last minute reprieve. Don't wait until you're on your deathbed because the government's going to outlaw somebody coming into you and give you that opportunity to speak and to know to someone who can teach you and lead you down that path. You need to know. You need to know. And I want to tell you I know. My husband knows. My son knows. The people I love dearly know. They know where they're going when they leave this place with a surety. And if you want to know too, all you have to do, all you have to do is to believe on Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that he made to cover your sins. Trust that that was sufficient to cover yours and profess his name. Know that you are forgiven. Say, God, I am sorry for the things that I've done in my life, but I know at this moment I am forgiven. And I trust you to be my Lord and Savior from this day forward and know at this moment I am saved. Now, I'm not telling you have to do that. But if you listen to this and you want to know, I'm just trying to share. See, I share history with you. I share truth with you about government. I share truth about you of some biochemistry things that I know. I share truth with you about lots of things, about the Constitution, the founding of America, and the laws here in our country. So let me just share with you something that I hold dear to me as a spiritual truth. You can be free and you can know where you're going to go because there may not be another chance. I am so, oh, I'm so hesitant to go into this video <laughs> with Tucker Carlson's quote unquote attorney, constitutional attorney. I'm really hesitant to do that because, number one, um, she tells people 
that you uh, that 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 she is an attorney for Donald Trump. So I know that the moment that I disagree with her, there are going to be people who are angry with me and calling me a never Trumper and a Trump hater because she works for Donald Trump. Well, let me ask you, Fauci works with Donald Trump. Am I a never Trumper for telling you that Fauci is a greedy monger who stands to profit from disease that he's preaching? So let me give you those upfront word of warnings. She is introduced as an attorney for Donald Trump, or at least an attorney in the Trump administration. I don't even know how they call that. And I want you to hear this because this is the garbage that is being spread across America. This is the infestation of propaganda and manipulation in our law schools. And that's why teaching your children now and that's why I'm so blessed to know that we have law students like Jessica. We've talked about her on air. We read one of her letters, by the way, law student Jessica, who's a student at LibertyFirstUniversity.com, who's learning the truth while she's in law school. Thank you, Dragon's Talon, for your super chat encouragement of me. He says, even chains they think are lightly placed upon us are still chains. Please keep up the good work, Chrisanne. You guys just, whoo, you keep me moving. Keep me moving. Makes me want to sing. <laughs> whether I go or whether I stay, I'm a winner either way. Hallelujah. All right, so are you guys ready? Do you have your duct tape ready? No sharp objects, right? Push all your sharp objects away. Do you have your duct tape ready? Because I'm going to share this with you with Tucker Carlson and I want you to watch Tucker Carlson's face when the interview is over. And I'm probably not gonna make it through the whole interview before we have to pause and talk about it. So I'm, that's why I'm giving this a little bit of time. But you need to see and you need to hear what deception is coming from the mouths of these arrogant judicial federal supremacists. They have no concept whatsoever of what liberty means. They have no concept whatsoever as to where our rights come from. They can't even comprehend the word inalienable. So let me just start off with that. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Where did that go? There it is. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Self-evident truth. Proven, proven over history. So let's start this. Remember, you got your duct tape ready, all sharp objects set aside. Here we go. Oh, come on, Tucker. Why? Why? All right, let's try this. We may have to go through a commercial for just a second. An advertisement for a second. Yeah, there we go. When hope was all we had. I'll just go ahead and... Uh, Inspired us. Predicted us. 22 seconds, yeah. I will mute this for a moment, and we'll go back here. 
We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. I want you to think about that as Tucker Carlson and his quote-unquote expert lead us down the errant path in understanding what liberty and conscience, religious liberty, actually means. Around the world will celebrate. In this country, churches have many cases shut down voluntarily. Others have been ordered to close by state governments. It's possible that in five days we will see something that we never imagined in this country, Easter celebrations broken up by the police. Of course, you can still go to the grocery store and the pharmacy. You could still have communion in the produce aisle at Safeway. But churches? We'll find out if that's allowed. Now, what's interesting here is that Tucker Carlson obviously realizes there's a problem here. And he's pointing out to us the inconsistency. Now, I want you to keep in mind what this, quote, constitutional law attorney named Jenna Ellis, uh, she is described as being a Trump campaign senior legal advisor. Why can't Trump have a senior legal advisor that actually understands the Constitution? Can somebody please explain that to me? And I don't mean to be an age bigot, but come on, if you're going to have a, se a senior legal advisor, why don't you have someone that's actually tried a case or two, please? I don't know. I am. I'm sorry. That's an age bigot. I don't mean to be an age bigot, but... I can't help but think that this woman, this young woman, is so green behind the ears that she still lives in her perfect little world of how right and true her law professors were, how fantastically inerrant her vetted textbooks were, and how amazingly omnipotent and omniscient the Supreme Court actually ought to be. So I'm glad that Tucker actually opens up this way, but I will mention to you the last statement that he said, let's see if this is allowed. So I'm gonna start there again so we can go ahead and listen. The grocery store and the pharmacy, you could still have communion in the produce aisle at Safeway, but churches? We'll find out if that's allowed. Someone who has thought deeply about this question, in fact. I love this. Someone who has thought deeply about this question. Oh, goodness gracious. Sorry. That, that, don't pay any attention to me rolling my eyes. Are you ready? I recently wrote about it in The Federalist. is Jenna Ellis. She's a constitutional lawyer, one of the president's attorneys. She joins us now. Jenna, thanks so much for coming on tonight. So Thank do you, you me, think it is? She thought so deeply about it, she wrote a paper about it. Goodness. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Am I being distracting? Okay. I, I, it's just so mind numbing to me. Let's go. It is possible, and I hate even to say this out loud because it doesn't seem like America, but that you could have church services broken up on Easter Sunday. It's definitely possible. And it doesn't seem like it's just crazy, Tucker says. It doesn't seem like America. 
Of course it doesn't seem like America. Why doesn't it seem like America? Because in America, we know that religious liberty is an essential part of life. That's why it doesn't seem, oh yes. And you know, maybe what really, really grabs my craw about this Jenna Ellis woman is the fact that she's like those, those you know, uh, six o'clock news people where she sits in front of the screen with this big freaking fake cheesy smile on our face trying to convince you that the tyranny that you're suffering is okay because the courts have got it. It's okay because, you know, you, you're going to have to wait for the courts to catch up with you. I'm sorry. I'm, just shut up, Chrisanne. Here we go. It is possible, and I hate even to say this out loud because it doesn't seem like America, but that you could have church services broken up on Easter Sunday. It's definitely possible, and you know, we're seeing uh, all of these principles of constitutional law and liberty really being challenged today in America, and I think it's great that it is causing Americans to turn back toward uh, what our fundamental rights and liberties mean in this country, and also what is the limited power of government uh, in order to police these type of measures. So the so this is the one thing that she's saying that's really good. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe we're on the right track. She wants us to know about our, our rights. She wants us to know about, and, and you, you have to understand, I'm, I'm already sort of, and I, you know, triggered because she used the word constitutional law and not constitution and not liberty principles or inalienable rights. But nonetheless, she is indoctrinated, so we've got to give her a pass. So she, she's happy, as I am, that this is waking people up. This is what I've been saying. I'm happy that people are starting to take notice. ...to turn back toward uh, what our fundamental rights and liberties mean in this country, and also what is the limited power of government uh, in order to police these type of measures. So the question that we have to first ask ourselves is what about our rights and liberties uh, is not absolute? And What about our rights and liberties are not absolute? This is a, a, this is what lawyers and judges do when they sit around and pool their ignorance and try to talk about how our rights, that, see, that's just, what that is is code word for how can the government regulate our rights, right? I, we can equally agree that liberty is not freedom, right? Freedom is an, is an unlimited ability to act according to whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, whenever you want to do it. Freedom is saying, I am free to lie, I'm free to steal, and I'm free to murder, right? That's freedom. And we will equally agree that liberty and freedom are not the same thing because freedom uh, I'm sorry, liberty is freedom plus morality, that, that self-governing aspect of who we are that says, you know what, some th I can do anything that I want, but some things are wrong, so I want, won't do them. We, I was teaching, we we're having classes online at River University, and I was teaching my class today, and we, had, we talked about how America as a constitutional republic, the cornerstone of our government is self-governance. It's the only way you can maintain limited government and, and maximum liberty is maintaining a, a degree of self-governance. And the problem is, is that self-governance is hard work. 
It's messy work. Self-governance means that you have to give people the choice to choose to, to, to do the wrong thing. And then the criminal justice system is established to punish people who choose to do the wrong things. See, in society today, we want to eliminate, we, let me put it this way, we think we can eliminate the ability of people to choose to do the wrong things by clamping down on law-abiding citizens and limiting their right to choose to do the right thing. So that's where all of this tyranny comes from. It's a lack of understanding of the cornerstone of America as self-governance, the refusal for, to, uh, to maintain ourselves in the responsibility of self-governance, the, the refusal to deal with the messy nature of liberty to allow people to make the bad choices. See, the problem is it's, it's a false paradigm to begin with. You're never going to stop people, bad people, from doing bad things. You're never even going to stop good people from making bad choices. But what you will do is eliminate choice altogether with government force. And when you eliminate choice altogether with government force, you no longer live in a constitutional republic. You no longer live in a free society. You are now in a totalitarian police state. Okay, so so maybe we're, we're we don't see you know i can't even say that out loud because in totalitarian police states people are murdered people are robbed people are wronged you see the only activity that is stopped in a totalitarian police state is law-abiding citizens choice to do the right thing because then right and wrong are now defined by government and mandated on society by the threat of going to jail for having church power of government uh, in order to police these type of measures. So the question that we have to first ask ourselves is what about our rights and liberties uh, is not absolute and where can the limited power of government come in and step in and where are the lines there? So the Constitution and the constitutional analysis has always required a compelling state interest that is narrowly tailored by the least restrictive means. So Now let's stop there for just one second. The constitutional analysis, you know what that is? That's the living, breathing document farce. The constitutional analysis has always been, because she speaks legalese, and she, if you don't understand what she's saying about constitutional analysis, compelling governmental interest to the least restrictive means, all that sounds like is the, the people on, um, I, I don't know, oh, sorry, wrong, wrong button. Uh, the, the people on Charlie Brown, wah, 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 right? So let me explain to you what that means. Compelling governmental interest. The Supreme Court of the United States, in their divine wisdom, has decided that your rights are limited by the need of government. That's what this compelling governmental interest means. Your rights, your liberties, are limited by the need of government. And what that means is if the government can prove to the court that they have a compelling governmental interest in whatever activity it is that they're doing, their need overrides your rights. Now remember, 
The boundary of liberty is not about government. There is no government factor in the definition of liberty. Our founders never said liberty knows no bounds other than that Congress can pass. Liberty knows no bounds other than the need of government. They said liberty knows no bounds other than you cannot harm or control the right of another. Let me say that again because this is really important. I need you to catch this. Liberty knows no bounds other than you cannot control, you cannot harm or control the right of another. So a limit to liberty is that you cannot control the right of another. Our government has devised an exception to our given liberties by whatever you say. I say God-given liberties. You can say natural law-given liberties. You can say by the nature of my creation liberties. I was born free liberties. Constitutional law, lawyers and judges say that the limit of your liberty is the need of government, which means the government can control your liberty. And when government controls your liberty, they're violating the fundamental rule of liberty that liberty cannot be controlled. It's just the way it works. Now, if you murder someone, you surrender your liberty because you have harmed or controlled the right of another. You steal from somebody, you have surrendered that aspect of your liberty because you have harmed or controlled the right of another. If you want to profess to me that government has some kind of right or some kind of liberty, then you must also profess to me and agree with me that government surrenders that, liber surrenders that liberty or that right that they might possess the minute they try to control my liberty. If you, would, if you would say that the, the robber controls, uh, surrenders his liberty because he stole from me, then you must say government surrenders their liberty, their power, when they try to steal from me too. So what she's just explained to you is that this, this rule in this living, breathing document virus to our Constitution is that when the government can make an impressive plea to the court that they need something, that that overrides your, as, John, as, as John, Thomas Jefferson said, your inalienable God-given rights. That word inalienable means it can't be taken away. Inalienable. And she says, well, it's not just simply a compelling governmental interest. It's got to be done with the least restrictive means possible. Well, how generous of you. How freaking generous of you. As you're going to steal my liberty, you've got to do it in the least restrictive means possible. I have to wonder, has this woman ever actually read the First Amendment? Has this woman actually ever read a religious liberty clause in the state constitutions? Has she ever read one of these uh, religious liberty uh, restoration acts that were passed from 2015 and on throughout the states? Has she ever seen the words shall not be infringed? See, this is why this crap gets my head all exploding 
because she's going to tell this to you in a smile on her face because she's been indoctrinated to believe that the principle that the government can prove they have a need and when they take your rights they're generous enough not to take all of them at the same time that this is the proper way it's supposed to go. What does that actually mean? Well, imagine that you're in a car headed down the road 65. You know what? I hesitate even given this. This is the most idiotic analogy I have ever heard in my life. But I, you know, this, this woman who has, who has contemplated this so much that she wrote an article about it. By the way, I didn't go read her article because I didn't want my head to explode twice in the same day. And here I am, you know, right here to you guys on the air. But you need to hear this because this, this is the garbage that is being spewed out, used to sedate the American people, to numb our minds to the actual tyranny and police state that we're living in, to get our pastors pacified to sit back and say nothing as their pulpits are taken over by the government. So, I don't know. I'm just going to play this for you so you can hear it. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Maybe sometime, you know, we when, when I'm able to look back in our chat room, I'll look over and you guys can explain to me what the heck she's talking about. It just sounds to Five me like a bunch of garbage. You're going fine. You have some state-mandated um, enforcements in check. You're wearing your seatbelt. You have airbags, all of those other safety measures, licenses, insurance. But then out of nowhere, there's a drastic curve. And you have to, the state has to make sure that you are protected. So they slam on the brakes. That's what happened here, is that we have slammed on the brakes completely. Is that just the dumbest thing you've ever heard? This is, this makes no sense at all. What does driving down the road have to do with a fundamental, essential right to freedom of conscience and freedom of worship? And explain to me, please, where it says in the Constitution that my rights are inalienable, that they shall not be infringed, unless, of course, there's a virus. And then it's the government's responsibility to throw on the brakes. But how do we then go about saying, well, we can't just stop entirely, completely. We still Look at Tucker Carlson's face. I don't think he gets this either. I don't think he thinks, he's thinking to himself, you know, either this woman is so intelligent, I have no, she's speaking over my head, or this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I just, how do you even follow that? We'll have to move forward, but we have to navigate that curve appropriately, narrowly tailoring it by the least restrictive means. That means that we can't just come to a complete standstill forever. Okay, we can't come to a complete, see, this is all this garbage. We, let, let me try to pull in her analogy so we can at least make it somewhat relevant. You can't come to a complete stop forever. Oh no, but this woman has just said that the government has an authority under the Constitution, mind you, not because the Constitution says so, because the supreme beings of her universe, the Supreme Court justices, has said that the government, having a compelling governmental interest, can stop your liberty, can squelch and completely end your liberty. But now we gotta move forward.
How do we move forward once we put the brakes on liberty? Because, you know, we've got to take the least restrictive means necessary. Excuse me, somebody needs to get this woman a dictionary and let her look up shall not be infringed. miles an hour right away. So that's what it means to no, be narrowly tailored. So, so Tucker, so the, the principle here is that where, where the state enforcement authority is coming in and they're saying, churches, you are non-essential, but we're saying that the same exact restrictions that we could allow for places like grocery stores can't apply to churches just because they're considered non-essential. I don't think that's the proper constitutional question, and that's why President Trump is being so wise to say, states, you need to look at this because if the enforcement infringes on the Constitution, it's going to be up to those state and local leaders to have to defend it in court. Do you see that? In court, right? Defended in court. Well, she had to get in there. I mean, she's a Trump person, so she had to make this all about Donald Trump. This is not about Donald Trump, people. This is not about Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I guess... The, the oh, she's just so happy with herself, isn't she? The other... Look at that puzzled look on his face. He just simply... I don't think he's getting in. He's no, not getting in any more than we do. Of course, and it's true. I've lived among it all my life. There's no group the news media and many of our leaders hate more than traditional Christians. The New York Times just blamed the whole pandemic on evangelicals as if, as if they had something to do with it. I'm just concerned, and it's a fair concern, that this moment will be leveraged to crush a group they already hate. Are you worried Absolutely. about that? Absolutely. I'm very worried about that. And as an evangelical Christian myself, a very outspoken Christian, I share uh, President Trump's concern. I mean, he wanted to reopen churches. And I think that uh, some of these pastors that are simply exercising civil disobedience and just saying, well, too bad, we're going to just flout the state uh, in, uh, enforcement orders are not helping religious liberty whatsoever. But, you know, somebody needs to introduce this woman to Roger Williams. Somebody needs to introduce this woman to Mary Dyer. Somebody needs to introduce this woman to Obadiah Holmes. And the people who stood for religious liberty in America, you know, flouting, as she said, the state laws. See, this is the kind of, of, of weak Christian, I don't, I don't even, well, never mind. I'm not going to make that kind of a judgment. This is a weak, faithless, ignorant, historically ignorant and biblically ignorant Christian. She needs to read about how Daniel ended up in the lion's den. She needs to read about how the Hebrew nursemaids refused to abort the babies under the law of, gov of the government. She needs to learn a little bit about Moses, thank you very much, and about John the Baptist. Oh, and let's talk about uh, Peter and the apostles who were preaching in the, in the public area, arrested for that preaching, and then God sent an angel to break them out of prison and told them to go do the same thing you got arrested to do all over again. I, I want you to hear this again because this is the garbage that we're doing. She's saying standing for your rights is dangerous to liberty. That are simply exercising civil disobedience and just saying, well, too bad, we're going to just flout the state uh, in, uh, enforcement orders are not helping religious liberty whatsoever. She should tell Martin Luther King and the people who refused to sit in the all black sections. She should tell Rosa Parks how she didn't help 
the liberties of the people. See, this is weak. And this weakness comes from ignorance. This weakness comes from lack of virtue. Courage is lacking here. And to step up and say that people who actually stand up for their rights are a danger to liberty. Anyone who would say that, as they say in the South, is, too, uh, is crippled too high for crutches. This, I probably just made some politically incorrect analogy there. Oh, just sit back and wait for the courts. Tell that to Dred Scott. Sit back and wait for the courts. Tell that to the people in the Japanese internment camps during World War II who sat there and waited for four years and never, ever got their liberty back. I don't know about you people, but I'm not sitting here like this for four years, waiting for the courts to get off their omnipotent, lazy, ignorant butts to do something about this. And I'm certainly not going to wait for people like this, who don't even really think there's anything wrong with what the government's doing. You see this. She, she sees the danger. She doesn't speak to us like she thinks this is wrong. She speaks to us like she thinks this is justified because we're in a crisis and the government has a compelling governmental interest. And the only problem that we really need to solve is, is what is the least restrictive means necessary to get out of this? And then she says a statement right there and condemns people for standing for your, their rights more than she condemns the government for taking them. But at the same time, we have an obligation and a duty as individuals and as someone who values free exercise of religion to make sure that the states aren't going too far. And they're not saying you have right. to shut down, you can't broadcast even online. And so the question I think that is the wrong analysis is trying to get an exemption and an exception saying, hey, consider us essential governors. Why should the state governors be able to determine what is and is not essential to society? Churches absolutely are essential. That's not the question. It's whether or not churches can implement the same exact regulations as some other uh, service, regardless of what service it is that they're providing. Okay. Well, <laughs> Did you see that? I, I, just that face. That face of Tucker Carlson was amazing. Not an evangelical, but I know what the truth is, which is they are really hated above all groups uh, by a lot of people in Washington and New York, and they deserve to be protected for real, I think. Jenna, great Absolutely. to see you tonight. So there you have it, folks. I just wanted you to have the experience of hearing what a constitutional, constitutionally law school trained attorney sounds like. See, constitutional attorneys like me are an endangered species. People that actually understand the Constitution who actually understand that there is no go compelling governmental interest exception in the written in the Constitution. If there's a compelling governmental exception in the Constitution, then why in heaven's name did we even bother writing down the rules at all? And I'll tell you, I know for fact, and I know for fact, without unwavering, without, with, with unwavering knowledge, without any doubt, that our founders would have never put in 
a compelling governmental exception into any state constitution or any central in any any US constitution they would have never done that because because their parliament already created the same phrase in the declaratory act of 1766 now if you listen to my class yesterday I explained this compelling governmental interest farce to you from our Supreme Court and showed you how it was exactly as it is in 1766 when the British Parliament said that we can make laws in, in all cases whatsoever, but we promise to make all laws for the fit, fit for the good of the empire. We are giving to ourselves an unlimited, unfettered, uh, unfettered authority, but you can trust us not to abuse that because we will limit ourselves to creating laws that are only fit for the good of the empire. That same, same principle in play today by our judicial supremacist court system that says the government can have unlimited, unscripted, unfettered power. You can trust them with that as long as you know we got your back. The courts will protect you. We'll make sure that we don't have any laws that don't meet the compelling governmental interest standard. So now you know why this makes me so angry. I want to know why can't Tucker Carlson have a constitutional lawyer that actually understands the Constitution? I want to know that. I want to know that. I am not the only one on the planet, okay? I'm not the only one. I meet them as I travel all across America. I'm not the only one. So I just want to know, why can't we have these people? So <clears throat> take what you've learned here today, please. Spread it far and wide. Granny the Gamer, thank you so much for your super chat love. We love the super chat blue pears. She says, thanks for being you. I am so grateful for the love that you guys show me and the encouragement that you give us. And I just want to ask you, a, please, a big favor. Make sure that this message is getting out. Make sure that you're learning at Liberty First University. Make sure that you're a part of the solution, that you have that knowledge and virtue that, Jan, John, that Samuel Adams talked about that will restore America back to its original greatness. You can find the letter, uh, my letter from three o'clock this morning on Facebook and Instagram. It's not on LinkedIn and it's not on Twitter because they don't fit there. And I'm gonna post Amy's letter as well that I read to you so you can share it as well. I'm sure I can get her permission to do that. So thank you guys for your time. Remember to support us as you can. I know times are hard, but we are believing for great things from God. And I just want to say once again, thank you so much for who you are, the love you have for America, and your devotion to liberty. God bless. See you next time.